the music industry is a really creative industry. So it has continuously evolved through social media, like you just mentioned. I think it will continue to change. I mean, look at AI now. I think it's Capitol Records have signed their first AI artist. So it's an artist. So not real. <laughs> That's wild. I mean, there's still creative input. There's still a lot of people doing doing the work behind it, but it's, I don't know, that's quite groundbreaking, isn't it? And quite scary as well. Welcome back to Lives of Tomorrow. As you've just heard, today we're talking about the future of music and what AI might mean for the whole industry. My guest today is Kelly Betts, editor of BBC Introducing. Now, for those of you not familiar, BBC Introducing is BBC Radio's platform supporting unsigned, undiscovered and under-the-radar UK music talent. The platform launched back in 2007 and has helped support the careers of lots of artists such as The 1975 and Florence and the Machine. My name is Carla Bazashi and I'm the CEO of WGSN, the world's leading trend forecasting company. And in this podcast, you can learn about how all the changes and new trends that we're predicting will affect the way that you live your lives of tomorrow. But let's get back to talking about the future of music. Kelly Betts, welcome to the show. Could you start by introducing yourself? I can. Hi, Carla. I am Kelly Betts. I'm the editor of BBC Introducing. I have the best job in the world. I absolutely love it. How I got to do it was I went to university, college, all of that. Um, And I suddenly realized as I was finishing uni that I had nothing in the bag. I had nothing that I was going to do next. I knew I wanted to do radio. Um, So I rang every radio station that I could think of. I sent my CV and I emailed lots and lots of people and didn't really get much back. So I did it again, times about 500 and then I finally got a call back from three counties radio and that's where I started off my journey they were amazing I was there for about nine years and within the first six months of being there I was shadowing lots of different shows in particular one called Big George's Business of Sound and that had an unsigned music feature in it which I was absolutely obsessed with and when he left he had said if you're doing an unsigned music show you need to have Kelly involved and that's what happened so I got to create and set up uh, with Gareth Lloyd a brand new unsigned music show on a three counties radio and within about six months that was then changed to become a brand new format called BBC Introducing where we could send our music that was coming in up to Radio 1 and the uploader was born, so artists could upload their music directly to us. So it was a huge game changer. Amazing. There's a real like story of perseverance in there, which I think lots of people who work in the media will recognise and people who don't. I'm telling you, having gone through a similar journey to become a journalist, you know, you have to just keep on going. But the clearly the passion, we haven't even really started properly talking about the music yet, but your passion for this industry comes through already. Is there or was there a particular person or a moment during that that you think was really pivotal to getting your to where you are today the moment definitely would be when introducing was born that completely changed my career strategy that changed what I wanted to do I wanted to present radio until BBC introducing so that was a huge moment all of our unsigned music shows across the BBC 
were then connected. And that just meant so much to us and to the artists that we were supporting. In terms of people, there have been so many. I wouldn't be here today. Like It's all about people really giving me that chance and believing in me. Let's talk about how, I mean, the music industry has changed so much in the past I'm going to pick 20 years, streaming services, the different formats that you get on it, but focusing on, on how a, how one breaks an artist or how an artist or a band breaks into the industry. How do you think that's changed? That's changed through social media, firstly, through like even going back to MySpace, when artists could really start to do it themselves without having the label and the money and the management. And that's kind of the ethos of introducing as well, that an artist can just make music and upload it from their bedroom. But then if you fast forward to the likes of TikTok, where artists are breaking because they'll have a song that matches what somebody does within their day. You know, like when people are making TikTok, if they're making a coffee or opening a window, they're going to find a song that is called coffee or find a song about what they're doing. And through that, artists have been broken because they're, they're, you know, their songs are going viral or their clips of their songs are then going viral. It's, yeah, it's changing all the time. Does that give the opportunity for longevity, though? So if that's how you, you are broken and it's that sort of single moment in time and something goes viral, is there the opportunity for that to be an in to a long-term career? Or do you think careers as a consequence are getting much shorter? I think both. And it depends on the artist. I mean, the best way for an artist to break is the ones who are doing it from the beginning, who are out performing and building up their audience and practicing their live sets and constantly rehearsing and getting themselves into a really good position to be signed and to be taken forward. When artists are found on TikTok, unless they've done all of those bits, they might not last as long unless that launches them to th for them to then go on and start building themselves. I mean, it comes back to how you, you know, talking about how you started out, the kind of hard grafts are still required if you want to have a successful career in the music industry. What does it mean for the, the consumer or the, the music lover on the other side of it? Do you think it means that we're getting a broader range and more exciting music or do you think it's the opposite? I think it's both. It can be that we live so quickly now, don't we? Everything is fast. Everything is, is short term. So sometimes there's situations where music is just being needed for the moment. And then there's situations where music is where you're a lifelong fan of someone and you're obsessed. But that, I don't know, I don't know how how much of that is still in existence because if you can't really follow an artist, if you can't buy their merch or see them at a gig or continuously listen to how they're progressing, then it feels like you won't have that fan base. I read a really interesting article about some kind of clickbait headline. It's, it's at the end of the Hollywood star. And they'd done this research in terms of recognition and also I guess, star power carrying a film. And really they were saying, you know, the George Clooney's and the Brad Pitt's of the, this world, they were the last big name stars. And because of streaming services now, it's much more about the hype or the, you know, that it's a Marvel film rather than it's a single actor or a group of actors that carry that. 
And it really made me think about, is that sort of similar in a music vein? And I talk to my stepsons quite a lot and we'll, we're, you know, we love playing music. We've always got music playing in the house. And I will ask them, you know, is there a particular artist or is there a particular band? And it's not for them. It's individual songs. Whereas for my generation, I hate saying that because it makes me sound really old, but I want to listen to a particular album because it means something or a particular artist because it takes me back to a particular time in my life or it's going to make me feel something. But for them, it's these individual songs. I don't know whether any of that resonates with you. Yeah, I think it does. I'm the same as you. I get into an artist and I love an album and I, you can never hear the same album the same twice because of different things happen in your life. And I love feeling that journey in myself when I go back to an album. And I have seen the younger generation and I've seen how they take in music and it's really quick. It's seconds. They'll be on YouTube for 30 seconds and they'll move on to the next song or they're hearing snippets of music through through like you say streaming services on television like Netflix or when they're playing FIFA things like that just short bursts of music and it's never them sitting down really getting into an artist and I think that's just that fast-paced way of living everything we want everything quickly and short we don't have time for a a film we want 20 20 minutes of a series and that we can binge and then that's it that's gone we want a 30 second song not me (laughs) but I mean that you know the the younger generation (laughs) I do think it's interesting that during the pandemic obviously everyone locked in the homes don't need to point that out but we reconnected with things that made us feel good music being a huge part of that and then we have seen this just rush back to festivals and concerts and gigs and things like that that's really, I mean, that's part, you know, everyone predicted the Roaring Twenties, which hasn't come to pass and said it's recession everywhere. But when it comes to people spending their money, people wanting to hear music in a live format, that's been, I think that's quite interesting that that's one of the things that, that was first on the list when people were able to emerge from their homes or emerge from the pandemic. People need it. People need music and they need to see it live and they need to be with their friends to witness it. Well, I say people, me, (laughs) is really needed in my life and makes me feel a lot happier. And I know I'm not alone. And yeah, going to gigs, whether that's supporting an artist that you've loved for many, many years, or if it's finding someone brand new, someone that you might have heard through introducing and you've heard that they're gigging near you and going to see them, taking your friends and watching them. It's just, oh, it's amazing. It's incredible. So I'm not surprised that it was the first thing, one of the first things to return out of the pandemic. It's just what I felt we all missed, what we all needed to do. I don't know how many films or YouTube moments I was watching of people having fun, watching live music, thinking I cannot wait for that to return. Do you think coming back to this idea of kind of generational splits in terms of attitudes to music, do you see that with a younger generation that they still want or not they still that they are learning to love live music? Or do you think it's so social media, it's through gaming, et cetera, et cetera, that perhaps that might change? I think they are learning to love live music 100%. I think the younger generation are finding the artists on TikTok, but they're excited to go and see them. At our stage, on the introducing stage at Reading and Leeds, the audience have got younger and bigger. So more younger people are coming to support the artists that they're hearing on TikTok. And we've really noticed that in the past few years, since the pandemic in particular. Yeah, so I do think that they are. It, live music is still is still key. 
Brilliant. Okay, so I want to get to know you a little bit better now. So we've got some questions that I ask all my guests. Nothing to do with music. So uh, first of all, when and how do you prioritise yourself? So I don't necessarily prioritise myself over other people but I like to take moments where I do look after myself so I will exercise I will ice bath I will have a coffee in the sun I take moments and that really really helps me so today before this I did an exercise class at seven o'clock then I came home and I sat in the garden in the sunshine with a coffee and I wrote down three things that I'm grateful for and moments like that help me so much. Tell me if it's not too personal what was one of the things that you said you were grateful for when you were writing this morning? So this morning I was really grateful for the sunshine and just the moment of sitting in my garden on my bench I could hear the birds my husband was making his breakfast. My dog was barking at an apple. <laughs> I was just really taking in the moment. I like to try and not be in my head as much. Yeah. What will you eat if you're home alone and no one is watching? I don't think I do eat anything weird, but I love tea. I love cups of tea and I love dipping things in tea. Oh, and that could be crisps. So maybe that's maybe that's a bit strange. I don't know, but I just love I love a cup of tea. It makes me feel really happy, and I love you know if you have fish and chips, you've got to have it with a cup of tea. It's just like a whole thing. Tea just is that little extra element. I'm more gin and tonic with fish and chips. That's more my okay. Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a better mix. What is your bad habit? Just too much tea. <laughs> too much tea. There's a theme here. Maybe too much phone time. I try now and put a five-minute cap on Instagram so that I can't go on it longer than five minutes. You know, you're watching telly and you're just like, oh, what else is there? It's like, can't just have one thing. So I'm trying to do that less, trying to drink less tea and eat more fruit. So my bad habits are too much tea, too much phone time. Fair enough. When did you last learn something new that had an impact on the way that you live your life? I learn new things that change me all the time i meditate and read and listen to podcasts i've just been really learning how to get out of my head and into everything else that is going on i feel like we live different realities of our lives in our heads i'll be walking my dog in the field in a sunny day and there's birds tweeting and it's warm and my dog is happy and playing and I will be having an argument in my head about something that hasn't even happened or might not even happen or I'll be worrying about something that isn't really that important and so now what I've started to do is take myself out of my head and more into what's happening so now when I walk my dog I'm like oh look at Look how green the grass is. Look how happy Reggie is, my dog. And I'll just be like paying more attention to what is around rather than what's in my head. And it's made a huge impact on my life. It's just like if you think about what you're doing in the shower, it's really lovely. You've lovely water on you, you're washing your hair. But instead, we're like, oh, and work and this and this. And we're not really enjoying anything we're we're doing. Oscar, who's my 12-year-old stepson. We were just talking last weekend and he said, do you know what the best invention ever is? And I was like, no, what's the best invention ever? He was like, showers. It's so <laughs> great having a shower. I was like, you're right. 
it is a brilliant invention. Yes. Don't, you know, just take it for granted that I have my shower. Showers, best <laughs> invention ever. Very sweet. And the, the last in this list of questions. Now I want to know what series you binge watched most recently. So I've got your TV recommendations as well. Did you watch Jewelry Duty? Someone else said this and I start, I got only got about like five minutes in. So I haven't, I can't, I can't say I've properly tried it yet. Oh, I absolutely binge Jewelry Duty. So good. Just the concept of it that everybody isn't, isn't real and the events aren't real apart from one person is real. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. I loved Paranormal by Shana Leary. It's good because it's um it's different from other sort of ghost stories that you see because she gets into the psychology of why somebody might believe they've seen a ghost. So she covers all the aspects of it. That was really good. I watched that all in a day and then could not sleep. I was like, no, I can't sleep anymore. I rewatched like US Office and Peep Show and Comedies, Friends, Derry Girls. I rewatched those. You know, when I'm eating my lunch on my lunch break on the iPad. So coming back to your, you know, your innate knowledge of this industry, how do you think that it's going to evolve moving forward? So are we, have we gone through so much change that this is the way it is now? Social media is driving not only how an artist breaks, but how we consume music. Or do you think that there will be any, any further changes that we see in future years? I mean, it's a big question, isn't it? The... The music industry is a really creative industry, so it has continuously evolved through social media, like you just mentioned. I think it will continue to change. I mean, look at AI now. Capital, I think it's Capital Records, have signed their first AI artist. So it's an artist. It's not real. (laughs) That's wild. I mean, there's still creative input. There's still a lot of people doing the work behind it, but it's like that's... I don't know, that's quite groundbreaking, isn't it? And quite scary as I was going to well. say, where do you sit on this? And this is a topic pretty much no matter what future of we're talking about in this podcast series, how AI comes into that is, it's a really, well, it's, it's huge at the moment because it's making big headlines. It's not new. AI has been around for some time, but it's very much in the, well, it's, it's in the newspaper headlines. We're seeing how it affects our individual lives now. Do you think it can be a force for creativity and good within the music industry? Or or are you, I mean, you just said it's a bit scary. Do you think this is bad, full stop? It's definitely really creative. I don't know if it's a cause for good in the industry or not. And it's quite, when I say it's scary, like scary, I ha- I've heard Johnny Cash sing the theme tune of Barbie Girl. Like, there's no... No one is protecting the artists that have passed to what they're being used as in the future. I don't really think that that's a good thing. Do you think that that will be allowed to continue? I'm My guess, my hope, is that the regulation is going to need to come in because the estates of these people, they wouldn't allow his image to be used in advertising without some kind of permissions being there and payment being made that the world can get its act together to ensure that those protections do put to place. Are you hearing those conversations taking place within your industry? I can imagine that being the case. I can absolutely imagine that even though there's lots of things where Freddie Mercury is singing a Celine Dion song that existed, you know, after he passed away. But I, I'm waiting for the time when the, the rights police, as it were, steps in, protects those artists a little bit more. But when you're looking at, I mean, this is years ago, this is back in the 60s and 70s, but when 
Jimi Hendrix died, didn't he perform a year later as a hologram or something? Well, you've got the ABBA show at the moment going yeah, on, which I haven't yeah, seen, yeah. but everyone who sees it just thinks it's absolutely phenomenal and has sort of, well, that has brought a band from yesteryear and introduced them to an entire new generation. So, I mean, we're talking about slightly different things here, but it is fascinating that that modern technology can bring artists, well, which we st- where we started this conversation, the longevity of a career, actually, now technology can enhance that and help it. Do you think, though, so less about the kind of protections, but do you think AI could write the perfect pop song or the perfect rap? Do you think that that's, do you think that there is such a thing as a perfect song? I do think AI could create something amazing. Uh, 100%. When you've got the right heads and creative flow on it, you can, and when you can shape it yourself, completely I think they could go on to create the perfect pop song and I do think there's such a thing as the perfect song and I think there's millions of perfect songs (laughs) songs that you just listen to that you think I wouldn't change a thing this is amazing I need to hear it again I love it but yeah it's interesting time isn't it it is interesting time what's your favorite perfect song right now right now I'm loving a band called Sugarstone they've got a song that's just out and it is that just indie rock song as soon as you play it you're like not in your head like yeah you want to go and see them i'm writing that down i have not heard of sugarstone sugarstone that's going to be my <laughs> um, accompaniment to my um, my run tomorrow morning sugarstone okay thank you <laughs> uh, another act for your run would be nia archives drum and bass absolutely brilliant but it's just got the vocals on it as well to carry you through Drum and bass is really good when you're running, especially when you're going up a hill. So that's a, that's a good, okay, another good, good recommendation. There you go. <laughs> Olivia Dean is someone who we have loved for a long time. And she was recently nominated for a Mercury Award, which is amazing. And yeah, she's, that album is an album of perfect songs. Oh, it's just, yeah, listen, have, a, have a listen to that. Coming back to the, you know, the idea of the future of music, what is it that you think about this particular industry that does make people feel so passionate and so drawn to it and so many people want a career within it? And how do you think that that will, well, do you think that that will continue? It doesn't seem to have been replaced by anything else, but what is it, kind of the kernel of it that that resonates with people so much? That's so true, isn't it? There's been nothing ever to come close or to replace it in any way. And I think people have that fire in them and where they can create something that's theirs and put it out for people to love. I don't think there's anything better than that, really. The the songs and the albums are really the artists and the producers' children. It's some, it means so much. So when that's uh, when that goes down well to a crowd and when it gets a lot of radio play, it means everything to the artist. And I guess that doing that is is just something that just won't be replaced. Do you think that there will be? music superstars in the future we've still got you know taylor swift can change the industry i mean she just seems to have thrown the cinema industry complete tailwinds because she's decided to um to to release her tour on her terms and you know someone like adele people will wait and they will buy the album but those are two seeming sort of anomalies now are we still going to have big music names in the future or this TikTokification of the industry, do you think it's just much, much shorter? And again, it's kind of the song rather than the artist. 
I think in some cases, song rather than artist, but I think in a lot of cases, we will still have those superstars. When you look at someone like Katie Baser, she does perform really well on TikTok, but she is thriving in her own way and she's getting a lot of radio play and she's selling out gigs. And whenever we've booked her, she's brought with her a huge crowd. And I think that's a name, Katie Baser, that's going to be around for a long, long time. And there's so many artists like that and then they're the fans that will grow with her and then they're the fans that will reflect on her albums in years to come so yeah I think there's two there's there's two answers really to that some cases it will be song over artist and it will be that immediate really quick viral sensation and then nothing but then in other cases it will be those those artists with longevity who are really powering through are you more anxious or hopeful about the future of music hopeful always hopeful I think yeah it's a creative industry it's uh, the music industry is always going to thrive it's always going to evolve the same ways with you know TikTok TikTok the way it's shaping the industry it's 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 bendable and will move and move along to where the audience are and what the audience are doing I think yeah I'm hopeful What's your advice for people who want to break into the music industry who think that they have an amazing voice or they have a really kind of visionary attitude towards creating music? What's your advice to them? Believe in yourself. Make music that you love. Don't do it for anyone else. Make yourself happy with what you're making. And don't try and sound like anyone else. And I know that's really obvious, but I I know that artists can be really influenced by what they see and what they hear. And it's really important to keep bringing it back to yourself because the music industry hasn't seen you. So you need to come and just be you. Obviously, you can take influence from artists, but don't try and sound like anybody else. Just always be bringing it back to you, believe in yourself and upload your music, obviously, to bbc.co.uk forward slash introducing. Amazing, Kelly. Thank you so much. You were brilliant. Really brilliant. Oh, thank you. It was um, it was such a lovely, like upbeat, positive conversation. And I feel that we definitely got to know you as well, which is also what this is all about. So thank you so much. That was amazing. Thank you for having me. And that's it for today. If you want to hear BBC Introducing, you can check out the BBC Sounds app or listen to the programmes on BBC Radio 1. Huge thank you again to Kelly Betts, editor of BBC Introducing, for taking the time to come on Lives of Tomorrow. If you know a guest that you think could be interesting for me to talk to about the future, then please, please send me an email to lives at wgsn.com. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, Create Tomorrow. A new episode is out on Friday, all about the future of product design. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. Until next time. 